is uh, This is Joe Cole. This is Ruben Loftus Cheek, and you're listening to the London, London is Blue, Blue podcast. podcast. And we're back. You know, we 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 said we were going to disappear last week, but you know what? You can't get rid of us that easily. Um, we're back for another episode this time. Um, you know, we uh, we wanted to do something a little bit different. It's the end of the season. The transfers are in progress. The rumor mill is in full flow. And, uh, you know, we thought, let's, let's do Singer on the squad. Let's talk about the squad. Let's talk about what it is that we have, what it is that Chelsea can look forward to the next season, who do we think is going to develop, what do we, you know, you know the, all the whole shebang around the squad. Obviously, I'm joined here by Jesse. Jesse is uh, Jesse's here, you know. As always, Jesse, how are you? How was your day? Yeah, doing good, thank you. I'm looking forward to uh, getting into the squad. I feel like writing the script, I was like, wow, all these players, you just kind of forget what we've got floating around. So, Right, and then, and then you, you look at some of the, I mean, I was, we were looking over the script, you look at some of those contract end dates and you're like, eh, it's a little bit tricky here, a little bit. but um, 2023 yes. is a bad year. I hope Paul Green is typing furiously right now yeah. on some contracts. Kind of getting those contracts there, but... We can't do this alone, as all, you know. Nick isn't here, as you can see. He's enjoying. Uh, he's, he's, you know, we, we've given him the time to, to to focus on the other podcast. But we're joined here by the one and only Mia Erickson. She's she's back for yet another appearance on the. I think I think you've got the most caps now for us. I, I, if I'm not wrong, in terms of guests. So Mia, what does it feel like to have the most caps uh, come towards the end of the season? Yeah, I mean it's the end of the season, and you have to win in something, right? <laughs> Uh, like like me, I I haven't w- won anything, so yeah, that feels good. Yeah, I mean, thank you for be... inviting me again. No, 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 of course. I mean, you know, we had to get you back on, and let's be real, you've you've won a lot of things this year, this season. So, uh, I, I think I think you're being a little bit modest there. But anyway, we're gonna get straight into it. I think um, we're gonna break the we're gonna break this down into goalkeepers, defenders, uh, midfielders, and attackers, and we're gonna go from there. Um, so I think the best place to start is at the back. So we're going to start with goalkeepers. Um, obviously, we've got two, you know, two keepers this season that have um, that have kind of played a decent amount of minutes. You know, as as we've gone through there, you know, we've got AKB who started off as the number one, and I would say ended the season as number one. And then in, in between, you know, when AKB didn't have the best of form, you had Zaire Musovic coming in and. And having, you know, I think more game time than anybody would have expected. And I think even she would have expected to have played. And obviously there are a couple of um, younger prospects that have come through, uh, that went out on loan and that have come through now. But um, Jess, you want to start us off, AKB, you know, what did you think of AKB this year? Yeah, I mean, I think it was interesting to see her share so many minutes with Zatira Musevic. And I think what's interesting is it feels like you kind of have to talk about both of them together because... They almost do such different things. I think AKB is so, you know, clearly one of the best shot stoppers, if not the best in the world, and kind of the stats on that bear her out. Um, but then equally, a player like Zachira, I think, is a lot better with her feet. She's a lot better kind of doing that sweeper-keeper role. Um, and I think, obviously, long-term, we probably all know that Zachira will be the the obvious number one. But it's just a question, I think, of when that that changeover happens because, you know, AKB, it's so hard when you've got someone who's so good at that very specific bit of goalkeeping 
to then like kind of drop her potentially for for a player who who might not think is as good. That being said, like if you look at Zachira's numbers, so basically there were only three goalkeepers who played more than 40% of their team's minutes this season and prevented more goals than they conceded. And it's AKB, Zachira and Ellie Roebuck. So basically we've got the two best goalies in the league. Um, I don't know how that that works out for them both, but it's it's probably one of our strongest positions, to be totally honest. So I think whatever happens between those two going forward, I'm kind of happy for it as long as they're happy with it. I mean, when you look at the way, I mean, if you look at the minutes that they played this season and, and kind of the importance of games, I think we can, we can also put out there. I would, I would think both would have been satisfied with the games that they played. Uh, things that Chira played a couple of really important games. Uh, obviously, AKB played, 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 played a decent amount too. I mean, if we go through their, if we go through their stats here, I mean, you've got, you know, you've got AKB in the 90th percentile for, uh, post shot XG goals, you know, goals against, you know, and, and, you know, crosses percentage stop, you know, in the 94th percentile and quite a few of the other ones, you know, save percentages in the 75th, clean sheet percentage in the 77th, goals against in the 73rd. So, you know, in terms of the overall WSL, I think, I think AKB has actually done quite well. And, you know, if you look at Zachira's in comparison, she may have a slightly worse, uh, post shot XG goals against, uh, in, in, you know, in the 73rd percentile, but her goals against, you know, in terms of, you know, saves. She's in a 90th percentile, you know, and even clean sheet percentage, 85th, you know. Um, so generally, I think both keepers have, have, have really performed well. Mia, for you, who has, you know, who, how have you liked both of their performances overall? And, and, and is there maybe a preference that you have of one over the other? Yeah, I mean, I, I did think about this earlier today, actually, and I think uh, I still miss that big game for Sechira Musovic to appear in because I don't think she have played one one big game uh, for Chelsea. And I would have liked to see that. I mean, like, uh, because I, I do think that we have to be honest uh, as well, uh, having shots against uh, and and being a part of the build up is always a difference if you play a lower ranked team and if you play a lower ranked team uh, you face a low block defense and then i do think that Sechira Musovic is the better uh, keeper in the build up play so i do think i mean i feel that the choice of a goalkeeper can have had something to do with that uh, this season. Um, but in the big games, I, I think that AKB has been the star that she's supposed to be. Um, and I I do miss um, seeing Sechira in, in one of those big games, uh, FA Cup final or, or something like that. So, so, so do, you, do you think that we'll see Zichira in a big final or an important game like that next season? Yeah, I mean, obviously, like Jesse just said, that uh, the position of, of goalkeeping in, in Chelsea, that's insane. Uh, but I do think that it, it, it's always about the experience in games. But somehow a goalkeeper don't get the experience if they don't play. Uh, so it, I do think it's up to like Emma Hayes to just dare to play her. 
like just do it and give her give her a chance who knows i mean she's Maybe. swedish right so she she will make it that that's <laughs> goalkeeping heritage is, is such a swedish thing so i mean you've, you've had like a long line of world-class keepers so you know you know i i don't i can't i won't bet against um i wouldn't bet against that you're doing the same thing so AKB has a contract until 2024 with an extra year option for the club. Obviously, Zaciris is is up next season. Um, do you know, Jesse, would you be in a rush to uh, signing Musevich over the summer and get her to sign one as soon as possible, or would you would you would you say there are other priorities over Zaciris right now? Oh no, I would 100% renew Zaciris. I think she's so obviously meant to be the long term option. And part of me wonders is if AKB's contract is so long because Chelsea think that maybe they could get some money for her if they were to sell her at the end of next season. I think that would obviously depend on... Yeah, I think, as kind of Mia said, I agree. I would really like to see Zatira play bigger games. I think Emma kind of showed towards the end of the last season that AKB was still her preferred number one in, in those moments. And perhaps Zatira was was the player she wanted more in the low block games where she wanted someone who was able to kind of keep that possession-based flow. And that's kind of where we've got to. But, oh yeah, I think, like, hands down, Zatira is obviously, like, the, the long-term option. She's 25, so you're probably saying you're, like, two or three seasons away even from, from her being at her best. And she already looks like she could be Chelsea's number one. I had to ask the question just so I can get that sort of answer out. Um, but in the goalkeeping department, we've obviously got two teenagers who went out on loan, uh, obviously, last season. Can I call it last season or do we still call it this season? We, can call, we call it last season now, right? How do we call it this season? How do, how do, how do I we... think until the Euros start, we're still in this, this season. This season, yeah, okay, Once fine. Once the Euros start, that will be last season. Does that make sense? I think it makes sense. We are in a bit of a liminal space. Yeah, so agree. we're in that grey area. So we're going to call it this season for now. So for, for everyone right now, the key, the legend is it's this season that when we're referring to the one that has just uh, finished off. Now, this season, we had two goalkeepers, the, the two teenagers out on loan at Crystal Palace and, 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 and Plymouth, uh, I believe. Jesse, can you tell us more about Emily Orman and, and Poppy Soper and kind of what they were like in the championship and, and, and their performances over the season? Yeah, so I think these two, there is kind of an interesting position for them. So starting with Poppy Soper, she came in as a dual registration with Plymouth after Carly Telford left. And I think it was basically because Chelsea wanted to leave Emily Orman on loan at Crystal Palace, but have that third goalkeeper if they needed. So... I don't exactly know what's going to happen there, but I don't think that's necessarily a player we're going to see at the club long term. Emily Orman, on the other hand, I think is more like an obvious one for the future. That being said, goalkeeper is like one of the most hardest positions to develop talent in. And again, we've got a 25 year old goalkeeper who's incredibly good. So I think if you're Emily Orman, she is like very highly rated. She's only 19. She made the most saves of any goalkeeper in the championship. Uh, she conceded slightly more goals than expected, but Crystal Palace did finish fourth, and she basically displaced Chloe Morgan, who was their long-term goalkeeper, as their first choice. So I think it's fair to say she had a really good season for being a 19-year-old goalkeeper, but you see this for goalkeepers across kind of WSL clubs at the moment who are that age. It's really hard to find a team to break into, and honestly, like, Emily Orman's best bet is probably doing the kind of Hannah Hampton route and finding a Birmingham, etc., to kind of work your way up 
that way. So I don't know whether it's something where Chelsea will kind of keep her and try and loan her to to get her that time and, and then kind of hold on and wait. But, you know, obviously it's really hard when you're like a third choice keeper because you have to you have to go and get those minutes somehow um so yeah like I think she had a good season and I think she's highly rated but she'll probably need to go out on loan again makes sense so I think the uh the, the conclusion we can come to this is Chelsea have very good goalkeepers for the future regardless of whatever happens so I think it's an a plus an a star in the goalkeeping department but you know what we'll just quickly take an ad break now and we'll be right back after we thank our sponsors all right our next partner has a product that i use literally every day i started taking ag1 because well it's hard to get a lot of micronutrients in you know we're all focused on our macros with protein carbs and, and fat and now we got to add the micronutrients from fruits and vegetables it's just hard to eat that many servings a day so uh, i started doing it just to make my life a lot more efficient i'm getting better gut health and a more uh, durable resistant immune system so what is this stuff well with one delicious scoop of ag1 you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins minerals whole food sourced superfoods probiotics and adaptogens to help you start your day right this special blend of ingredients supports your gut health your nervous system your immune system your energy recovery focus and aging all of the things again i do it it's easy it's fast it's quick uh, i throw up my shaker usually on my way home from work drink it 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 goes down quickly uh and like i said you get six servings of vegetables a day very easily uh, but hey don't listen to me athletic greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews it's recommended by professional athletes and is trusted by leading health experts such as tim Ferriss and michael gervais so right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition it's just one scoop and a cup of water every day that's it no need for a million different pills supplements to look out for your gut health to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to say give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash London is blue. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash London is blue to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. We're back. Um... Obviously, you know we've been we've been doing season reviews across the women men and women's team over the last uh, couple of weeks. So you can go check that out. Nick and the guys have been doing a great uh, job on that. And obviously, we've done a couple of episodes here over the last week, ten days or so. So you can always go back to go back and check those out. You know, just after before you listen to this. Now, let's go into what I think is arguably the area that you know Chelsea may have it's 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 you know it's both you know one of their stronger uh positions but at the same time maybe needs a little bit of reinforcement um i think what we can do is we can quickly address the uh rumored incomings as as we've seen over the last 10 days or so uh Kadisha buchanan and yves perisset uh, are rumored to be joining from the french league you know the Lyon and bordeaux defenders um, obviously, a lot of people would know Kadisha Buchanan from obviously Leon winning the Champions League. You know, as is, is, is a massive Canadian international as well, won gold in the Olympics last year. And uh, Perisse is, is, is a French international and has been an understudy and even started a lot of games. You know, to Marion Torrent uh, at right back. Um, you know, and has been a very consistent and uh, reliable performer for uh, for Bordeaux. And I think you know leaves the. Uh, leaves the team now to you know probably move up that level and see where you know where she can go 
And if we, if we quickly look at, you know, let's touch on the right back position first, because I think right back's been that position where I think Emma has, if I'm not mistaken, probably the one position in my, my mind that is, that has switched hands between players this season a couple of times, you know, you obviously had Aaron Cuthbert starting the season as a right wing back. Uh, you know, you've had Maren Bielda obviously play there before she was, uh, before she was injured for a while. Um, you've also had Neve Charles come in and really play uh, quite a number of games over there. So there's been this this change of hand. Jess Carter obviously is another one that's played at right back as well, right wing back. So obviously there's just been constant change um, on the right hand side. Um, and Eve Perisay coming in might just solve that, you know, and add a little bit of natural quality. You know what I mean by that is a natural right back coming in to play. Um, a position that you know she she's used to playing, um, you know, it's obviously and it's she's also a versatile player. And I think that's the theme of what Chelsea's players are. You know, she's played left centre back, right centre back, left back, right back. So there is this obvious you know obvious versatility that can be used across different games, injuries, rests, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And is actually is actually left footed. So it's it's uh, it's interesting to see how that will play into the tactical move on the right-hand side. Um, but Jesse, what were your first thoughts on, you know, the Eve Parisay rumours and, and what she might bring to, to Chelsea this next season? Yeah, I think it's a sensible transfer, is how I would phrase it. Like, I think she's obviously a player who can play in a number of different positions. It's not really clear to us still, I guess, whether Emma's going to persist with this back three, but I will suggest that being linked to Perisay and Buchanan makes me think we must still be doing that because that is a lot of defensive players to be bringing in there. Um, I'll be intrigued to see if Perisay does sign, how she adapts to the WSL, but to me it just feels like a good way of reinforcing the defence with a player who's flexible, can clearly play in a back four, but also has the ability to play in a back three, uh, who doesn't necessarily who maybe compliments Jess Carter rather than blocking her off. If you want to look at Jess Carter in that right-back role, you know, I think Perisay is a more attack-minded, creative player, whereas Jess Carter's the better kind of 1v1 defender, better at tackling, better at interception. So I think it makes sense within building squads, and I like the amount of experience she's had um, within a, a league, which I think is a good league to, to play in. Uh, in in terms of France, so yeah, I, I'm excited. I think the only thing that I feel a bit like, but this is really hard just to buy for generally, is kind of the age profile of like bringing in a 27 year old who's never played in England before. It feels like one of those things where it needs to work really quickly because you're not going to necessarily have this time with this player to kind of blossom into something. But I think that's broadly fine. Experience, right? I mean, experience is coming in, so that that at least helps in, in some regard. But Mia, first, so two things for you: one, your first impressions and first thoughts on on Perisay's uh, rumored move, and and second, do you feel, um, you know, do you feel she can make that step up from the French league to the WSL, uh, you know, in the you know in the next season or so? I uh, I mean, my first impression of these signings is that uh, the Chelsea is going for the Champions League. I, I don't think it's necessarily about adapting to English football. I actually I, I actually thought about this a lot because I, I we spoke to Maren Mielde about this uh, a couple of weeks back. 
And then she was, we actually talked a lot about like the Champions League and, and you can't just change your style and, and your tactics going out in Europe. You have to play the same style and, and tactics uh, and, and make the players known um, so, so they know what, what they are doing week in and week out in the league as well. And I do think that these two signings, if, if they are coming in as we think they do, uh, I do think it's, I mean, it's, it's, it makes so much sense in that way. Uh, and I do think that why don't just play like you're winning Champions League uh, when you play in the league as well? Because I do think that they are more than capable to just adapt really, really quick uh, in order to to just perform the level they need to. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. I, th- I think the Champions League is obviously the the next goal. Uh, you know, obviously the the league has been won. You know, three three seasons in a row now. So it's it's obviously not not the fact that. Um, that they don't want to win the league. Obviously, they would want to have a grasp on that and, 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 and you know, win it again for a fourth time. But I think, yeah, like you said, Champions League is probably where it's at. And I think I think these players coming in are for now. Uh, and Jesse, obviously, Jesse, you raised a really good point about the fact that it has to work almost immediately. They have to hit the ground running and go. Otherwise, it becomes, uh, it becomes an issue with the obvious target of wanting to win uh, the champions, and I think at the same time, I think it also comes down to the fact that I think the, the new owners have come in. I'm assuming they want to leave a good impression on the on the team, may, you know, go all out, make a statement, and I think you know bringing in players of this caliber does help uh, towards that. But looking now more towards Kadisha Buchanan, very very quickly, what do we feel about this level of player? Obviously, a champion, a multiple time Champions League winner. Um, Jesse, I'll quickly come to you first. What do you think, other than her on-the-pitch qualities, what do you think Kadisha brings to this team and probably that dressing room when you've already got, you know, big names and personalities like Magda and Millie and, and, and Marin over there already? Yeah, I think Buchanan definitely is more the kind of Champions League player than Perise because Perise obviously has kind of a different level of experience to Buchanan. But yeah, I mean, there, there's these quotes Tom Gary got from Buchanan's agent Which almost made me think, is she going to Chelsea? But, like, I think this kind of makes it clear, saying uh, there was no way anybody was going to be able to compete with the offer that the club she's signing for put in. With that kind of budget, they could have gotten anyone in the world. So I'm very excited for Kadisha to announce where she will go next. People will be surprised. Um, Teams were fighting for her and something special was done, which could reshuffle the pecking order at the European stage. So, I mean, to me, I was like, it's hard to read, because I'm kind of like, yeah, I mean it potentially would reshuffle the pecking order of the European stage, but Chelsea did reach the Champions League final last season. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what that means, but I think, yeah, Buchanan's obviously like an incredibly experienced player. She's definitely, I think one of the obvious best centre-backs in the world. Again, this makes me think we're going to persist with the back three because surely you're not rotating between Millie Bright, Magda Eriksson and Kadisha Buchanan. Equally, Kadisha Buchanan is... 26, so she's only two years younger than Millie Bright and Magda Eriksson, so it's not an obvious, like, long-term rebuild project. That's what Anique Nouwen clearly is. So, I mean, even if it is just a rotation option, I think we saw with Magda this year that, you know, there are going to be times when players get older that they're going to kind of be out the squad. Millie Bright played more minutes than anyone else in the WSL. I don't know if that's sustainable for a 
you know, 28, 29-year-old defender. So I think, I mean, if the agent's quotes are, like, legit and she is coming to Chelsea, I think also that's just an exciting thing for us as a club to be like, look, we're laying down more money on the table than than anyone else in Europe, supposedly, right? Yeah, no, I agree. And I think I think it's 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 a sign that, you know, like I said, sign obviously about the new owners, but at the same time you're like, you know, wow, because you, you, you think of Barcelona, you think of Leon, you know, these clubs where you know obviously that uh and and, and even Chelsea, even with the, the last regime and probably with the new one, that they do put down money in their into their women's teams. But the fact that you're hearing, you know, one of the highest, uh, you know, offers uh, for a player like Buchanan, I think, is 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 I think it's to a level where I don't think we've we've seen it much before. Only in one-off cases where I think, you know, like obviously in in, in Harder and Kerr, that was you know those were those were circumstances where it warranted that. But to see it again in the new regime and, and Chelsea to be you know back here again in this position to win a to win a to win a race like this, I think I think it's, it just bodes well for the. Probably the rest of the signings coming up in the summer, you know, whichever however many do come, because then it and then it shows. All right, Chelsea are mean mean business. They can compete with anybody that's going in for players, and you know it could it could tempt uh, an extra player or two who may move somewhere else to come to Chelsea. So I think I think it's I think it's interesting anyway. But I think you know if and when these players sign, I think we'll probably have a quick episode at least. You know, maybe detailing them a little bit more, how they fit in, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Now moving on to the current squad. Um, Obviously, Jonna Anderson is is on her way out of the team, going back to Sweden, and um, you know I think I think the rest of the defense is really made up of some a good mix of young and old, uh, if I can put it that way. You know, you've got Millie Bright, Magda Eriksson, uh, Maren Mielda, you know, who have been these solid rocks of the team, the experienced heads, the ones that really you know know how to navigate navigate the way things work um then you've got the young guns in like chess carter neve charles uh, anik nawa alto abdelina and uh, georgia fox i think those you know those players are and in a weird way those players are also a mix of it's almost like young experience and you know young young where you know Carter's played a ton of games you know she's obviously like, like you know we have she's gone from 324 minutes to you know 1600 plus minutes Neve Charles has played a decent amount of games in the last couple of seasons. Um, Anik Nauer really stepped up this season and played, I think, more games than I thought she, you know, she would be playing. Um, you know, Mia, I'm going to quickly go to you first on this. Where do you see? How do you see the the Chelsea backline right now? And you know, do you think? Um, you know, first of all, what do you think of the Chelsea? You know, defensive, you know, squad overall. And do you think the addition of these two new players? You know, how does that add into the overall makeup of the defense right now? I mean, I, I got to be honest, because when I when I saw the rumors about Buchanan coming in, my first thought was that, OK, so Magda has said that she won't extend and, and Chelsea are going big because they, they need to replace her with someone that that can come in and and do the same uh, work um, with the experience and stuff like that. But I mean, we all know uh, anything can happen. It's a year left on Magda's contract and and all sort of things like that. I do feel that um, Chelsea's uh, defense and and the midfield, it's like we have so much talent um, overall. I mean, all those defenders, you just lined up there. They are more than... 
worth worthy of coming in to be a start uh, player. Uh, but I do think that that there's something missing in in the working unit part to, to make it feel stable. Uh, I also think that about the midfield, you have to you have to find uh, the units that work work out the best when they are playing. Uh, it doesn't. It can't just be about individual talent all the time to make it work in the end. Like with your breathe, it it breathe, breathes down your neck, like Manchester City did in the FA Cup final. Which you know you you can feel that there's tension sometimes. And I would like to see more stability. Uh, whoever plays, just find the 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 back three or the back four that that makes the best unit. Uh, instability and that I will be so much more satisfied to watch uh, a Chelsea game um, and obviously you have to talk about the Champions League because you you win the league and you win the FA Cup and but then there's the Champions League and I would like to see some some progress and stability when playing in Europe and these players coming in I do think that they can they can bring that if they've fit right in and then they are going to be paired uh, with the right players uh, the right unit to make it strong yeah I totally agree you know I think I think the I think the, the kind of thing that's hard for me again to figure out is this like back three back four situation because to be totally honest if we're going to play a back three Magda, Millie, Khadija Buchanan and Anik Nowan are like a perfect set of centre-backs to me to rotate between those three positions. So that's all great. If we're playing a back four, then I don't really understand entirely how that's going to work. Maybe Mia's right, yeah. Maybe someone's indicated that they want to move on and they, they're ready to like kind of put the planning in place. Or, but or... Then, Play Magda as left back. Or play Magda as left back. Yes, equally. But then, and that maybe is part of it, because then I feel like if you look at the fullbacks we have, they don't feel like they really make sense with a back four. They feel like they make more sense as we... So I feel like there's some there's some jolty things going on. I still think, you know, maybe problems in last summer's transfer window with players we wanted maybe not getting them pushed us into the market for other players uh like say Alsu Abdelina who maybe we wouldn't have made a move for otherwise and are kind of now on our books not that I don't think she's like talented but again you know you've got Alsu Abdelina and Georgia Fox both of whom I think are like talented but like young players who are going to play on the left side of the defense you can't keep both of them at the club next year. I think at least one has to go on loan. But I don't really know which one. And also, whoever does go on loan is probably going to be stuck behind Guru Raisin and could also justifiably say, I don't really want to spend another season of my career like not really playing many minutes. Um, so, and then, yeah, you've obviously got like Neve Charles and, and Jess Carter on the other side who... Neve Charles I just can't figure out as a player at all. Um, <laughs> I was really surprised by how good her numbers were. Like... She comes out really well compared to like other fullbacks. I don't know if that's because we've like shoved her forward at other points, but 
That's someone I would like, to, I think, needs more game time, but I'm worried she won't get it at Chelsea. Uh, Jess Carter, again, she showed she's really good at certain things. And I think what's interesting is, a bit like we're talking about the goalkeepers, she works... I think she she complements Magda and Millie really well in that they all are quite good at different things. But like we just said, if Buchanan, Magda, Millie and Anique now are your four centre-backs, then where does that leave Jess Carter? Are you now going to play her at right-back, right-wing-back, even though she maybe looked best at centre this is why it doesn't... The defence makes, like, zero sense to me. When I was putting together the script today, I was like, this squad is weird right now. And I even put Charlotte Wardlaw in the midfielder section, and she actually played in defence for Liverpool last season. But I was just like, I can't even think about you. So you can go in the <laughs> midfielder section. Well, that's that's fair. Now, I think uh, there's a couple of things to this. I think I think the point about... It, there's a confusion between whether we're playing with a back four, whether we're playing with a back three... Because of the makeup of the of the squad in the at the back line doesn't really it's like it doesn't really fit I it's like a weird hybrid between the two, but if you don't naturally fit the two, you're always weird in some position. Um but then a thought occurred to me just now, do we think that the reason there is this mis mismatch, if I can just call it that for the sake of the argument right now, of of type of players within this thing is so that there is this constant ability to sorry constant ability to be, be flexible and switching from back three to back four you know maybe playing with a back four you can play magda left back and you have someone like eve at right back who can bomb forward and then you've got magda who's a little bit more defensive and then when you're playing with a back five you've got girl right and going as a left wing back magda can say play left center back and kind of convert into a left back when they switch into a back four part of the out of out of the ball system so i mean for me that's, that's where i'm thinking like this ability to be able to change formations and have the players who are capable of playing in either system. Because I think what we've seen in, especially in the Champions League and in some games in the WSL, where you can't rely on a single system or a single way of playing because you can get quite easily found out eventually. And then, you know, it's, it's, it can be, count, you know, counteracted if you don't make the necessary adjustments. And I think for me, maybe Emma Hayes wants to be a little bit more. Uh, you know, have that little bit of element of surprise, a little bit of change, but like not too far away from from the current thing that everyone's alienated from the system. But at the same time, there's enough change so that players know that the principles are the same, but the other team, you know, the other team might have to adjust more, and you know, Chelsea can take advantage of that time. Um, but you know, out of the um, you know, out of the out of the younger defenders that are there slash coming in, you know, and I'll ask you both for maybe a name. Who do you think is going to be the one to really step up next season and 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 mark the you know make their mark uh, in the defense? Jesse, I'll start with you. This is my problem. I really don't know. I would like it to be Neve Charles. Like I would like to see Neve Charles take a step forward. But I kind of see a potential starting lineup with a back three say which goes guru magda millie buchanan eve perise let's assume these signings are coming in and then so i don't see how you're playing jess carter neve charles also abdelina marimielda i mean marimielda i think we can put aside because i think she's just going to be there to be like moral good old support which I love for her like I think that's perfect and like she'll be able to come in and do a job if we need her but like let's say we're playing in the Champions League quarterfinal I think that would be the obvious like say starting back three with wing backs so 
that's why I think you've got a a question mark if you are like Jess Carter, maybe who's like had this like breakout season, who might now end up on the bench again. But then maybe she's just got this. But then this is what's weird because I'm like I wouldn't play Jess Carter at right wing wing back. I don't know if I'd play Eve Perisay at right wing back. So that's what like that's what I'm not quite figuring out right now yeah and i think we also have to wait and see if anybody any of these players do go out because at the moment we're looking at the current squad and the next few weeks we could see outgoings but mia same same question for you yeah i I don't have any better answer to that question than jesse just like went for because i do feel the same i think it's something weird going on i was about to say but uh, i mean if you have if you're going to play a back three and you have Buchanan, Millie Bright and Magdalena Eriksson, I, I do think that they are, of course, they are going to play. Uh, and yeah, and where where does that leave Jess Carter, who just have had the season of her life, basically? But like I said before, I do think that there's something missing uh, in, in the unit uh, of the defense um, to, to make it really work. And it in that way, if you get a player like Buchanan, you don't bench a player like that. But I mean, who who knows? It's Emma Hayes. She might have have some plan we don't know about. Yeah, no, that's true. But anyway, I think we've uh, we've we've talked about the defenders at, at length, and I think we could, it's all fair to say that we're all three of us are quite confused as to what's going to happen, you know, in the upcoming season. So we wait and see what the rest of the summer holds. Now let's move on to the middle of the pitch, where I think is you know is an area of the pitch where I think we where Chelsea I think need a decent amount of work you know in I think I think more work than the defense because you know regardless of you know you, you add in those two rumored players in you still have a fair few number of defenders to cover up for a season but I think in midfield is where obviously it's the most important I think we've argued is most one of the more important positions. Uh, that Chelsea need to be able to to, to, to cover well and, and play well in because that's where everything happens. And, um, you know, right now, obviously, Drew Spence left the club. Jiso Yunus left the club. And you have a long-term absence in Melanie Leupold. We don't know when she'll come back and what shape she'll be in when she does come back and whether she'll play any meaningful minutes as we go along. You know, as we've seen with Sada Bjorn-Gunnestadter and and, uh, and whatnot, obviously, and, and you know, at, at Leon, like, players that come back from... from maternity leave aren't really you know up to full match fitness when you're getting into the second half of the season you know so it's one to watch so obviously right now Chelsea have had you know they have Sophie Ingle, Aaron Cuthbert, Jesse Fleming and and Charlotte Wardlaw who are kind of like the four main uh, midfielders right now and and obviously depth is needed you know for me I think if I can start it off Aaron Cuthbert's nailed on for one of the spots I think I think she's proven last season you know being that you know, playing in that center of the park, you know, really giving Chelsea something different, the drive, the thrust, the defensive discipline, whilst also giving this this forward energy and being able to play passes and, and really distributing the ball out. I think I think her industry and, and guile has been, you know, a much needed addition in, in midfield. Um, you know, if you if you look at if you look at her stats here, she's I mean, look for shot creating actions, 99th percentile, shots total, 94th percent, assists 92, 92nd percent. Uh, expected assist 94th, non-penalty goals and expected assist 95. I mean, like, these are insane numbers for 
uh, you know, for for a player playing in the middle of the park here for Chelsea. So I think it's it's pretty obvious that you know she's nailed on for the center of the of of the pitch. But um, Jesse, do you think that any of the current players are the ones that are going to be partnering Aaron Cuthbert, or do you think Chelsea going to go out and buy somebody ready made to to, to partner? Uh, Aaron Cuthbert, do you even think that's required? Yes, I think it's required because I don't want to see Sophie Ingle partner Aaron Cuthbert for the whole season because that makes me feel stressed. Uh, I think right now Sophie Ingle's obviously the obvious option to play there, but yeah, I don't think I yeah I think there needs to be someone else there either rotating minutes with her or kind of taking over her place. I would be intrigued to see. A Jesse Fleming, Aaron Cuthbert double pivot, but more for fun than for like thinking it could be serious in the biggest games of the season. But I think there are certain WSL games where maybe we could benefit from just having like more creative impetus in that area of the pitch than maybe we've had at points. And especially if we're playing a back three, kind of chilling out or needing that like more defensively minded player there. Um, Charlotte Wardlaw's like an interesting option and I would be intrigued to see her come into the squad but with the caveat that she mainly played in defence for Liverpool so I don't really know if that's gonna happen or gonna be like as seamless as, as maybe I'd be intrigued to see it being but yeah I think definitely there needs to be a purchase of a midfielder in the kind of Sophie Ingle mould because I think G moving on Jessie Fleming is kind of the obvious, I think, inheritor of that kind of more creative mantle, maybe playing slightly further forward. Um, but there's no one else in the squad. I think even if you had Melanie Loypops coming back, like let's say she was somehow magically going to be back immediately for the start of the season, um, she's not. She's kind of a person who'd rotate with Erin, not with Sophie. So I think there is a big kind of question mark there and there has been for a while I mean I think Melanie's maybe like closer to like you could play Lollipops and Cuthbert together but I still think maybe needing that slightly more defensive minded but still creative type person would be very very useful would a certain Icelandic free agent be useful in terms of the the position that you're saying that you know we could, we could add in and, and play there as an addition to that midfield in terms of name, I'm going with... Oh, sorry, uh, Gunnar's daughter, sorry. I, I... <laughs> oh, no, but, like, it's it's just too old. Like, that's that's you're just signing, like, another Sophie Ingle. Like, it, you, you need to be buying, like... We want to buy, like, 24, 25 years old. Okay, Like, I enough. like her, but I don't know. It would just feel like doing a similar thing, I think. Okay, let me put it this way. If you were to take her on a short term, maybe one year contract in case there was that, that 24, 25 year old wasn't available just for a season, would you do that if it came down to the last two, three weeks of the, of the summer? If I felt confident that there was, say, a player, yeah, who I really wanted, who I couldn't necessarily get now, like, I wouldn't say no. She's obviously, like, a very talented player. I just think, yeah. Then you're just bringing in a rotation option for Sophie Ingle, which is, again, fine, but... I'm not sure how much it moves the squad along. Fair enough. Makes sense. Mia, what are, what are your thoughts on, on the midfield? And, Mia, and... Seemed, Mia seemed keen on going to start here. <laughs> so Mia, yeah, I, on that? Go for it. Yeah, I'm going to say something controversial now, uh, or 
not to you maybe we, but we uh, i do i do think it. that i do think that chelsea needs to bring in uh players in that pos- position that can um make penilla harder better and give penilla harder space because i i do feel that that that's like something i i'm kind of irritating watching watching them play f- from I mean, take Sophie Ingle, for example. I mean, I don't know how many times I've seen Penilla Harder wave for the ball and point for the ball uh, from Sophie Ingle, where Sophie Ingle had like brought up the ball. And then the space between Sophie Ingle and Penilla Harder is too cramped. And then just go playing safe, going to the side. And then the cross crosses. And, and always si- the sideway passes. Yeah, I'm we hate, so sick I hate of the it. Passes. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so sick of it, and I've been thinking about this a lot because I got the the you know this Abdullah because I got the the raw data on every yeah. player in Chelsea, uh, and to see Penilla Harder is being pushed out wide to the left this season because of this. Uh, I mean, I'm sick of it. Just bring in a midfielder that can that that's a ball player that that can play with with the, the talent Chelsea have up front up front. Um, yeah. So so and make it happen. If if you have if you have bought a Penilla Harder, why why don't just like fix fix it and make make her play in in the best way possible? Uh, it's like. You brought, you have bought a Lamborghini, but you are driving a Fiat. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, and and I'm that. kind of yeah. I I do think you have, and and if you play, look at the player like Sara Björkunasdotte. She is a player because she knows Penilla harder, uh, and she would like be able to play like that. But but that I'm not saying yes. Bring Sara Björkunasdotte in. As the first option, uh, I, I agree with you there, Jesse. But yeah, I, Chelsea need a ball-playing midfielder, like someone like Lena Oberdorf or some someone. Because and yeah, I think I'm, we I'm kind seeing... of know. I was just gonna say, I think we kind of know that that's probably what Emma Hayes wanted to do because we were having this kind of Melly Leupold's G So Young midfield right and they're kind of two players who who fit that but then that wasn't quite working obviously now neither of them are available for selection so I think the evidence suggests that Emma does know that that's what needs to happen but we just haven't ended up with the players to allow us to do it yeah I I totally agree on you there um I mean obviously that that's it it must be like that because I I I I mean we've seen it for two seasons now and I, I when when you look at at the the passing um, maps from Penilla Harder from last season to this season you can see that this season she is more pushed out to the left most of her, her passes uh, that she does um, comes from the left hand side because she is she's forced to go out to the left where the midfield always plays out to the left. And on the left-hand side, you have Magda and Guru Reitan, uh, who are those players that are supposed to bring in the ball inside the box. Uh, so I'm kind of... No, I I just want uh, a midfielder that that can like provide uh, the attackers with every force uh, they got. Like... 
because I do think that it can get, it's good. And Sam Kerr has been outstanding, but I do think that they need, they need to have all those great attackers going some way. uh, Well, that makes, that makes sense. Um, And just before we finish off this midfielder section, because I feel like you two just, you know, really, really, really explained that well. Charlotte Wardlaw, what what do we think about her her role? Is there another loan coming in? Is she going to be uh, uh, actually using the squad this season? Jesse, what, what do you think? I would like to see her go back to Liverpool on loan, to be honest, because I think she had by far the most... Well, did she? Have, I thought Aggie Beaver-Jones had a good loan too at Bristol, but, you know, to... To play regularly in a team that won the championship among a lot of players who are also probably WSL quality too, I think says a lot about her and her quality at 19. So I think the obvious next step as a 19-year-old would be to see if she can do the same thing in the WSL with Liverpool. And I think it's obviously a good fit for her. I think Matt Beard's a good manager. like So really, I think that would be... Especially because she didn't really play in midfield there for them it, it makes me think as I said before I think if she played in midfield for Liverpool season I'd kind of be like oh like maybe let's like take a look given how thin we are there but as that hasn't really happened I I would really like to maybe yeah just see her see her go back to the club and, and kind of develop there fair enough now let's pivot over to the um the exciting end of the pitch uh which is the forwards and then arguably the the one area of of controversy, maybe. I don't know if I can put it that way. You know, in the season, who should be playing where, goal scorers, systems, lineups, etc., etc., you name it. Um, but I really do think, I think Chelsea in this area probably have one of the most, if not, you know, the most talented sets of attacking players in world football right now. I mean, you look at Gerard Wright and you look at Sam Kerr, Beth England, Penelope Lahada, Frank Kirby, you know, and then you've got you know, great youth potential in Lauren James and Aggie Beaver-Jones. Um, you know, Chelsea in this position have some, you know, world-class players, like genuinely world-class players. And I think, you know, this is probably the one area of the pitch where you're kind of the least worried about what, you know, whether they're going to deliver or not. Because we've seen over the last two seasons that, you know, each of these players in their own rights and at their own time have delivered for Chelsea, you know. So it's, it's, it's it, you know... You know, the question is now, it's a matter of how do you fit them in to get the best out of them? And what's the best combination to get them all in? Or is there a, you know, is there a combination where you've got to, you probably will have to drop somebody or the other. But like to get the best out of, say, certain, you know, do you want to get the best out of two, three players? Or do you want to just throw everybody on the pitch? I think it comes to that. Jesse, what do you think of the depth in the forward line and how they've kind of performed uh, over the last season? Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think it's easily the most stacked bit of the pitch for us I think there are two things one Lauren James I hope plays more next season and I think if she does that's great that's the signing we bought last season hoping to elevate our attack hopefully coming good next season let's cross our fingers um then the only other thing that's I really don't know how you solve this to be honest and Lauren James is maybe part of the answer but all of these players are kind of old like, not old, old, but they're all 28, 29. Guru, uh, Fran, Panela, Beth, Sam. Like, 
this is not like a long, like there is a point where they're all going to age out. And I think over the next two or three seasons, we will see most of them moving on. So I think to avoid maybe the kind of season we've had at points this season where we've suddenly been like, oh, wait, like some of our players are old and not really up to it. And we didn't buy any new ones where which we've had maybe in defense and midfield like. I don't think we want to buy anyone this summer for this position, but at the same time, we might need to think about it soon. But who, like, what 22 year old, 21, 22 year old are you convincing to come and compete with this front line? You know, I think Lauren James was like clearly an exceptional case. Like, she's got long term connections with the club. Obviously, there's Reese. Uh, you know, she wants to be back in London. So all of that, like, checks out. But, like, let's say you're looking at a John Stottier or, I don't know, some kind of other exciting winger. Like, who's coming to play, like, compete with a front three of Harder, Kerr and Kirby? No one. No one. So that's, I think, something that needs to kind of be fought through. I don't know if that's like Chelsea just having to do their own kind of talent ID and get players in who haven't like got big yet and aren't expecting first team minutes, but then that's a risk, right? So yeah, I don't like, I'm not really worried about it. I think it's just something to kind of keep an eye like on in a long term. Fair enough. Mia, what about you? What do you think of the squad and, and, and kind of how it looks going forward and, and, and your, and I, and I'm, I'm, I know I'm baiting a little bit, but uh, what's your preferred from three? I mean, uh, I, I think that um, you'll get the, you'll get something out of Chelsea's attack that we haven't seen yet. Although we think we have seen the best of the best if you fix the the problem behind, like we just talked about, the midfield. Uh, what I do think is exciting is that uh, players like Frank Kirby and Penilla Harder can play both. Um, they, they can play both as attacking midfielders and uh, center forwards and, and number nines if, if it's necessary for, for the team. Uh, and then you have players like Sam Kerr and, and Bethany England that that just are strikers uh, and they are going to score uh, from every possible angle uh, when when they get the ball inside the box so i do think it's it's an like very flexible um front line and i do think that you have to look at it this way yeah preferred front three i do think you have to look okay who who are the opponents what are we going to do uh, and how can we break break down uh, a possible low block uh, how can we take advantage of a high backline if we play barcelona the best way um and stuff like that um, um and i agree I can't see any striker or winger sign with Chelsea this summer. But again, it's Emma Hayes. We, you never know. Um, so I would love to see just something, again, that doesn't come from the sides all the time. And how do you, how do you get um, all attackers going and not just... I mean, it's it sounds so 
like spoiled uh, to say that not just Sam Kerr because her goals have been like outstanding and incredible this season but you also have to understand that that those goals comes from hard working high pressing players around her um so i would just like to see because if Sam Kerr isn't on the pitch i would be worried in some games and you can't have it that way when you have attackers like Frank Kirby, Penilla Harder um, around. It can't just be like, oh no, Sam Kerr isn't playing today. How, how is, how is it going to go? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, th- I think it's such a, such an important point because Sam gives you more than just goal scoring. Her movement off the ball is I think one of the best, if not the best in WSL hands down. I think, her ability to be able to sit on the shoulder, make diagonal runs, identify spaces in and around the box and build up and otherwise allows for players like Fran Kirby and Penny Lajada to do, you know, have their own movement and own uh, space to be able to maneuver the ball and move it around. And when you don't have Sam Kerr, while Bethany England is a good player, really good player, she doesn't offer you the same level of movement. It's, you know, for me, Bethany England is very much a... It's going to be weird. It's going to sound weird, but almost like static mover. Like she's very much like point A to point B. I'm just going to move from in almost like a straight in straight lines in some weird way. Um, whereas with Sam Kerr, it's almost it's unpredictable. She could be making a diagonal run across. She could maybe a curved run across. And that raises a lot more questions, opens a lot more space. So for me, I, I think it's important to kind of see how Chelsea can probably have a plan B for that. You know, how they can compensate for the lack of Sam Kerr if and when it is required in terms of being, you know, resting, injury, et cetera, et cetera. So I think for me, that's that's important. I think, yeah, I agree with both of you. I don't think we'll see any additions in the forward line because I think, Mia, like you said, if, if Chelsea can address what's going on behind them, both defensively and in midfield, you we kind of then get to see almost the best out of the front line and we can we can have those different combinations in the front from the same set of players because I think if you have to integrate one more new player in the front as well as having a couple of those new additions in midfield and at the back and then it takes time for a lot more players to gel into that system whereas if at least if you got the front area knows the system inside and out and everybody else behind two couple players behind have to get used to it and they bring something different to what's coming forward, I think then that makes life a little bit easier, and we may get to see the best of a Penny Lahada, Fran Kirby, Lauren James, etc., etc. So I, I feel like that's uh, that's interesting. Uh, Jesse, a quick word on Aggie Beaver-Jones. You know, what, what do we think about her for the next season? How is she for Bristol? And uh, do you think another loan is, is inevitable? Yeah, five goals, two assists. Um, I think she's talented, but She's 18, and I, yeah, hopefully we'll get another loan. Again, maybe it'll be interesting to see her if she could make the step up to a WSL club. The other player, obviously, who's kind of worth keeping in mind is Emily Murphy, who went to the States for college. Um, We've not always done the greatest in getting players from the States back to Chelsea, RIP Alessia Russo, the one who got away. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think Emily Murphy is someone, again, who you're like, well, you know, to come back in two or three years and, and maybe be ready to kind of take that step up and, and come into the team. Her and Aggie Beaver-Jones are kind of the the homegrown ones to watch. But obviously at a club like Chelsea, we tend to like want to replace that high level quite quickly. So, 
I think for those two, both of it, it might come down to timing with when some of these players want to leave. If they do leave, you know, when their form kind of drops off and, and how that interacts. Because, you know, I think it's easy like when you're talking about squad building to kind of want everything to be well planned and well thought through. And, and generally, I think Chelsea do that really well. And sometimes stuff is just kind of about serendipity and what players want and how players form continues. You know, even looking at this very stacked forward line... Penelope Harder and Frank Kirby missed huge chunks of the season this year, so arguably we didn't even really get to see much of what is ostensibly our best front three. Um, I don't actually have the figures on how often those three played together, but it didn't feel like much. Um, so, you know, all of these like factors obviously come into play when you're you're trying to figure out how to make it work. But I think you know, for one more season at the very least, we're we're very set with this with this group of players. And on that note. I don't think there's much to add after that. Potential squad for next season. Jesse, what is your what's your what's your lineup for next season? If we're going in with the current squad, including the the rumored signings, what is your starting eleven for next season? And what system? Yeah, I kind of mocked mocked up one as as like a a three four three, but with AKB and Musevich, I really can't choose between at all. And I think that's quite nice to have as a game by game option. Again, if like. AKB, you know, I feel like Musevich clearly seems to be in a position where she knows that at some point it's going to come good for her. She's got a decent amount of minutes this year. They're going to carry on rotating. So I think that's a nice game by game, like whatever. Then I think you probably want this back three of Ericsson, Bright, Buchanan, right and at left wing back. Mm, someone at right wing back <laughs> would have to watch Perise do it to like go for it. Could be Jess Carter, could be Neve Charles. I think that's the position in the squad which feels like up for grabs. There's players who I think could do it, but like, can someone take that next step and really nail it down? Ingle Cuthbert as your double pivot for now. Again, would like someone to come in and replace Ingle, but who knows what's going to happen. And then, yeah, harder Kerr, Kirby up front. That would be the obvious starting 11 for me, looking at, you know, firm rumours and current players. Fair enough. Mia, same question to you. Yeah, I it, it it's actually the same for me. I I can throw a spanner in here and say that I want to see Sechira Musovic uh, start just like just go for it Emma. <laughs> give her the chance. I think in the Champions League I would because I think that's a big that is a big thing. Like I do understand why the AKB shot stopping thing is so important because she is very good. But I think, you know, in the same way that we've talked about how maybe not having such a creative player at the base of midfield hasn't unlocked our attack, I equally think not having such a creative player in goal hasn't locked our defence. And when the Champions League is so possession heavy, I'm a bit like, I'll take the risk of the shot stopping if it means we're going to be able to move the ball quicker, um, you know, recycle possession a bit more and kind of get things moving a bit quicker. Like, so yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of with you on that, Mia. Sure enough. I think the only thing I would say is, um, I don't know, maybe I'd take it. See, the thing is, the, the lineup that, that, you, that you guys have talked about, it's almost like this is the fairest lineup to go in starting the season because the players haven't done bad that they warrant to be dropped from the beginning of the season. Um, like, literally, my only, you know, 
you know, thing is with does Buchanan start in this back three immediately or not? Does she have you know, you know the the command to come in and say, all right, Chess Carter, just out of the three, pulling a name out of the hat. Right, you get benched. Buchanan starts in that back. It's the only thing that I would call myself against. Otherwise, yeah, I, I don't see how the rest of the players should be dropped, at least initially. Again, it depends on who, who else comes into the side. If we get a real big upgrade in the center midfield to partner Cuthbert, then yeah, I guess Ingle drops out and then that other player comes in and starts if it's a real big upgrade. But otherwise, yeah, I, I, I can't see too many other changes in, in, in if if Chelsea do go for a 3-4-3. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I think that wraps it up. Um, good episode. It was nice. Mia, thank you so much for uh, for joining us. It was uh, it was a pleasure to have you on for your third third cap. Yeah, it's been great. I mean, three lucky number three. They <laughs> sing that. I, I know yeah. we're not supposed to talk about that three, but uh, like, yeah. I, thank thank you for having me. No, you, you've been great this season, and we look forward to having you back for three, if not more, episodes next next season. So. That'll be exciting, Jesse. Thanks again. You know, as always, you've uh, you've come up on top and and, and come in clutch with everything. Um, having said that, Chelsea fans, you know, keep the blue flag flying high, and uh, we'll see you soon. Bye.